0: This podcast is brought to you by WeTransfer, the world's largest file transfer service. Since 2009, WeTransfer's free platform has been enabling creative thinkers around the world. Visit wetransfer.com today and see for yourself. Photography has the power to take us into worlds we know nothing about. I'm Lucy Pike, Photography Director at WeTransfer, and we've been working with the International Centre of Photography to showcase four image makers whose work does just that. From Nigerian gangsters to teenage insecurities, we'll explore how photographers break into worlds that aren't their own, how they build trust with their subjects, and the responsibility that comes with telling other people's stories. Thanks to the ICP and Wesley Verhove, who've helped bring this project to life. In this episode, I speak to Melissa Bunny-Ellion. With this project, she's told a story which I think most of us would be able to relate to, the insecurities of being a teenager. The images show a young girl playing with her friends, buying makeup and singing in her room. What's different about Maddie's story, I'll let Melissa explain. But what hit home for me was how Melissa was able to adapt herself into a teenager's world, capturing this beautiful story in the everyday settings of the school canteen or classroom. I began by asking Melissa to describe the project.
1: Saving Face was a project that I did during my time at the Missouri Photo Workshop in 2015. So with that workshop, um, it's highly selective, and you're you're limited to 400 frames over the course of a week. So in the course of a week, you have to find a subject, gain access, and tell their story. So I definitely spent like two days searching for a story. And by the end of the second day, I found Maddie's grandmother, who suggested I document Maddie, met her mom. And I kind of got a sense of what her life is like.
0: And so what was that like when you first met Maddie? How did you kind of approach that? Her
1: grandmother kind of gave us the intro and I just met her and her mom at the same time to kind of tell her like about the documentary process and what I would need. Um, answer any questions and just generally introduce myself, make them comfortable with me. So I didn't bring a camera at that moment. And we're just like sitting outside on a park bench. I was getting a sense of, you know, issues she faces or what she was going to be doing throughout the week. So it was, yeah, it was pretty much like a a introduction, like you meet a stranger on the street.
0: Mm -hmm. So what attracted you to telling this story when you met her grandmother?
1: I met her grandmother in a museum that I had previously toured. I probably pitched like six stories and I kept on getting no's. So I had a bike, I'm just rolling around and I get back to the museum and I'm telling them like my struggles. And then one woman who's there, she's like, well, what about my granddaughter? And then she tells me about her granddaughter and how she survived cancer twice and that she's considering the surgery that's potentially life threatening. But you know, this is something that she wants. You know, she's like, my granddaughter is amazing. You should just meet her. And she was right. She's definitely like full of life and very imaginative and very much a typical teenager obsessed with boy bands and makeup and getting a boyfriend. So once I met her, I immediately knew that I could do something around just teenage experience, but from the standpoint of a health condition.
0: And so you've met her, you've thought, right, this is definitely the project I want to do. How do you then start to think about that story photographically?
1: Because it wasn't like a project that I researched. You know, it's not like a regular storytelling scenario. This is like a mm, workshop. Yeah. So I was mostly concerned with making sure that I was getting into her world and like melting away um, so that she would just go about living her life and not doing, you know, like performing for me. Um, And so I think I was just concentrating on getting moments that were like typical teenager and then just seeing if there were differences from what she goes through every day, like kind of jumping in blind.
0: Yeah. And so I can imagine with something like that, it's really difficult to one plan the shots you want to take, but then also how with a teenager that age or hypersensitive anyway, how do you get to a point where you feel like you're melting away how did you approach that that's
1: a little hard you know they're constantly talking to you you're someone new in the room so i think like i'll get some conversation in and then i'll just be like okay i'm just gonna you know hang out here and you just continue so it's like a continuous like making sure that i'm because i'm talkative too but then also it's half like reporting too like you need to talk so that you can get more context and like what you're seeing at that moment So it's like a balance of knowing when to ask the questions and knowing when to like shut up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that's also interesting when you're photographing someone who's younger in terms of you have to also gain the trust of their parents and the child. Did you separately treat the mother and child differently? How did you go around gaining trust from both of them?
1: I guess the trust was established in the first conversation. Um, I just make sure that They know who I am as a human being because that's the biggest portion. If they don't trust you as an individual, then you're not gonna get them to be relaxed. And I think, just like when I talk to people in general, you know, I like skip over the unfamiliarity part and just go into like, hey, we're both humans and we have this in common. And just, I love your time. You know, it's just like getting them to forget. That you're a journalist, but I was very clear that I'm, you know, documenting her life, and like very clear that you know this is this can be published. And if there's any reservations that you have, what might they be? Um, another way to gain trust is getting people involved in the process of photo making. So not in posing or anything, but just like explaining what you need. You know, just getting them into the idea of like, okay, so what does a day look like to you? What would you like people to know about you? So if they're part of it and they know exactly what's happening next, then they feel prepared and, you know, they have a grasp of what's going on.
0: There was one picture that really struck me, which was the picture at school where maddie sat down and then i think you said that there was two bullies that walked past and you could kind of see her reaction is kind of uncomfortable i guess that would draw attention to her that you're there so i was wondering how you dealt with that
1: well in that case i was right across the table from her like as if i Mm. was sitting and having lunch but there was no lunch tray in front of me she was actually in that moment not talking to me she was actually engaged with the childhood friend that she had that was sitting with her Um, Mm -hmm. And this girl, you know, she had gained some popularity once getting into high school. So, like, Maddie would sit by herself. So this girl came over and then Maddie was very engaged and like, oh, I get to talk to somebody, you know. And so Mm -hmm. I saw the person, or I didn't know this was the bully, but um, I saw them say something like, oh, there she comes. And for some reason, I was just, like, ready to shoot. And then I just saw them cower. And then I was just like, oh, snap. So in that case... I was not, I was forgotten because she was mm-hmm. being social with other people.
0: And so then how did it feel for you to photograph something like this? From your other work I've seen, you haven't really done a project like this before. So how was it for you to photograph something like this of someone younger?
1: It's always a enjoyable experience because I come from a standpoint of like just curiosity. Like I don't try and put any of my own ideas into a situation So I just come in empty and ready to be filled with someone else's experience. I try to be as empathetic as possible. And, you know, I'll I'll ask questions. I'll ask them, like, if, or let's say I do have an idea, like the saving face idea. You know, that came out of a conversation that I had with her. It's not something that I put on her, just in terms of, like, you know, I was a teenage girl, but I'm confirming with her, like, is this how you feel? And then, you know, we go into it.
0: And so there were, was there points of the shoot where you could relate as a woman, how you maybe felt as a child or as a teenager?
1: Definitely. Like, uh, I was the only black girl in my class. She is in a predominantly white town. And on top of that, she has her physical deformity. She's very smart, but she struggles a little bit. So in terms of, you know, like, I felt like I was behind in school, and I was the only black girl, and I always had lots of crushes on people that might not have had crushes back on me. So there was definitely a lot of, like, relating. But also in the other direction, like, she was left alone a lot, and I would definitely have, in school, I was the person that, the person that was left alone, I would go hang out with them. So... It was like I felt her situation and I also knew who I would have been if I was her peer.
0: So you're almost kind of drawn to her in that way that you can relate to her, but also drawn to her as that would be someone that you would have reached out to when you were a teenager.
1: Yeah, and I think that in how it relates to other things or like my work in general, is I like to focus on things that people ignore or people that are you know, like left behind or disregarded because I do see value in everybody. So I know that she has something to offer from just like the way she thinks or the life that she lives. So I just kind of go in at it like she's someone who should be heard from. And I think that is like an extension of when I was younger and making sure that the person that was left out at least I could hang out with them and then have them feel included.
0: I was going to ask, when you're photographing teenage girls, it's also a point where everyone is, of course, very sensitive. Did you find a responsibility um, around how that story was told, especially to her and her mum? How did you feel about that responsibility? I
1: can tell when a photographer is staring and when they're seeing with understanding. So I was just making sure that I wasn't making her like a spectacle. I was just making sure that I was capturing her with sensitivity and dignity and just like, look, she's normal. She just has this thing that she has to deal with. Like she's just like, like, it was very important for me to communicate that because what I see people, how like how they treat her is that she's, you know, there's something wrong with her. And I don't think there's anything wrong with her. There's something different about her. The most sensitive part was like the bully. Because mm. they used to be friends, and this girl also has, like, a mental disability. So, you know, there's other frames I have of that girl, like, kind of, like, poking her finger in Maddie's face and stuff like that and, like, bothering her during music class. But, like, you know, the editors didn't pick that. Because, you know, you want to also because these are young kids, you don't want to, like, have them in perpetuity depicted as a bully. Mm. Mm. The moment that
0: I'm capturing, it's like keeping in mind how
1: these photographs are going to be seen. So
0: when you say the editors picked, was that what you were doing at the Missouri Photo Workshop? They edited the story down with you, for you? For me, I think. Yeah. Because I was going to ask then how you kind of put it together, how you kind of selected that final edit. I found it really interesting, the images that were shown, because they were very much snapshots of different points in the week. Um, And so I was just kind of wondering how you edited that down.
1: I love when other people edit my photos because they can bring something else out. I don't think I had any particular image that I was fighting for. They pretty much aligned with like what I thought was one of some of the best. Um, But I did like how they put it together and like how they chose the ending photo and kept in time. Like I gave them the idea of saving face based off of my first day with her. And on the first day, you know, she's having that milkshake, and I see the patch of light, like, it's on her chest, and I know that the sun is setting, and I know that, you know, that light is going to hit her face, and it did um, within a few minutes. And it's just, like, somehow that, like, term, you know, that common phrase, saving face, you know, it was, like, two times a meaning in her case, because she needs the facial reconstruction, but also how as teenagers we need to, you know, keep up appearances for our peers. And so I think like when I told them that was my angle, they got really excited about that. And I think that they were able to extract moments when either you're seeing her face or she's hiding her face or she's putting the makeup on. I just thought that they just aligned with my theme and then just put it together really well in a way that wasn't, like, repetitive and, like, overdone, just focus on her face kind of thing.
0: And so have you spoken to Maddie since, like, what did her family and her think of the photos?
1: They really liked them. I don't know if they saw what was online because the photo set that we show the community, like, at the last day of the workshop, we, like, put, like, little four-by-six of of the project, each project, and, like, the whole town can, like, walk in a line and, like, tour. So, for that section, um, we didn't include like the bullying stuff we just got like the daily life, and they like that and I have been keeping in touch with them through Facebook, and Maddie actually got her surgery in November, I think um I wish I could have gone and like updated the story, but I wasn't able to so she's had her surgery she's old she was old enough the thing was that she wasn't old enough yet, and like as she would continue to develop, like the bones would could shift and that would have been mm-hmm. really dangerous. So her surgery was, was successful.
0: When you've gained that trust with her and the family and you're kind of following them around all week, did you find that sometimes you would ever want to say something in a situation or would you ever have to stand back and think, right, no, I need to be here to take photographs rather than stand and say something
1: you're talking about like me remaining neutral in all situations
0: yeah exactly
1: like let's say if something bad happened i probably would have told her mom or maybe i think i did tell her like oh i saw her bullied today and then i think we had a conversation about it and then i found out mm. they used to be friends and like all that stuff i think i think my stance and like being objective in, in times i get from like um documentary Which Way to the Front Line from Here with Tim Hetherington. Mm-hmm. There was the scene where he was photographing a like makeshift hospital and then someone came up with a gun and was like gonna shoot the only like medic. And he stopped photographing because mm-hmm. he was being accused of being opposition and then he stopped photographing. He was like, Look, you wanna kill this guy. He's the only help you have right now. You know, so he like put himself in there.
0: And I say mm-hmm. that to
1: say I do remember having a conversation Maddie like not liking her hair and, you know it's like a little it's like kinkier She like she's mixed so it's like a little mm-hmm. kinkier and her being like I have bad hair and I'm just like no you have great hair you know so it's just like I don't I participate as a human I don't try and change situations unless like something like dangerous or like her mom should know like something happened kind of thing I don't think anything like that came up
0: Thanks to Melissa for taking the time to speak with us. For this podcast, WeTransfer teamed up with the International Center of Photography's ongoing series entitled "Projected," where you can literally see the images projected onto the windows of the ICP Museum. To hear more about this, go to icp.org/projected. Check out wepresent.wetransfer.com to see the images we discussed. And if you're on Instagram, you can follow us both at ICP and at WeTransfer.